Okay, episode three, Red Hawk recap. Been getting, been getting some good feedback from people, uh, and we enjoy doing it. So we're just going to keep doing it because we enjoy doing it, and it's not that hard, and we got the equipment anyway. Uh, Tuesday, got back to the gym. Yesterday, got some good rolls with the students in the night. Just feels good as fuck to be back to the gym with all my people, growing my people. It's fucking, it feels good. This morning, had a nice AeroPress coffee, mixed a little butter, a little coconut oil, a little of this nootropic creamer, a little bit of honey, a little bit of cinnamon, and holy fuck, fucking gets you feeling good. Tweaking. It's definitely a drug. Similar to cocaine, I feel like. A smaller, I mean, not as intense version um, of cocaine. Coffee. Especially bulletproof coffees. Um, What else? We... I haven't smoked weed for like 10 days. Just took a little puff of this bag. Smoked a little bit during the day for the uh, the podcast we recorded that should be out already. But, dude, I've been just sleeping good as fuck. It's crazy. In the, in the nights, first of all, I don't eat near as much. And then I wake up. And when I wake up, I'm awake. I'm ready to get up. I'm ready to go read my book. I'm ready to go do my morning routine. Compared to when I'm smoking, I don't know if it's certain strains, right? I don't know if it's the amount of smoke or it's overeating. It's probably a combination of all of them. But you wake up and I just feel groggy. I feel like I need to get out of this grogginess. And I just want to lay there longer. But I think the break from weed is fucking nice. It really fucking helps. But uh, what do you think? Because you, have, you haven't smoked in the night for how long, right? Yeah, probably like two weeks or more because we got sick last week. Especially when I take drips right before bed, like a 9.30 or a 10 p.m. one. I end up, I don't know, it's when the high wears off, but I wake. I end up waking up at like 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. Like, what the fuck? Like, just waking up. Does Nisa smoke right before bed, yeah, Jay? she does. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people do. And, and maybe a lot of people sleep good from it. Like, everyone's so fucking different, but... Well, when you're God. used to it and then you stop, you kind of don't sleep very good or it's hard to go to sleep for a few days. Yeah. And then you start feeling better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, th- the nice thing about the weed, though, is like the thing that you crave is, especially when there's just your minds, you've got so much going on throughout the day. What do you got to do next? What do you got to do to just keep building all your shit? And then you smoke that weed and it brings you right there on the couch. Like, oh, life is good, isn't it? It's like a... It really is like a, almost a meditation hack, which can obviously, you probably won't get the benefits from actual meditate, meditating, but it brings you in the moment, helps you enjoy all the shit in the moment, which is which is nice. But uh, what did you think of Sean's fight, Jay? Were you like, damn? Dude, I was like, oh my God. I was like, at first, he's just putting on like a, obviously like a show. Yeah. But then I was like, damn, this guy's it's like a zombie uh-huh. just like walking forward That's literally, so i was like dude this guy's a fucking zombie Look it was so it, yeah, it was so weird to me that that kid could take the shots but a lot of it is i know a lot of it is like sean was hitting him a lot but he wasn't quite as accurate on the chin as he usually is and that's because the kid was southpaw turning southpaw like i said it takes away a lot of the finishing moves because sean spins a certain way and we set up things a certain way and there's things that he likes to do and it all comes a lot of it comes from a guy being orthodox. And the last fucking probably eight fights, it's been orthodox guys. And then a week notice, he's sparring a south, or I mean, he's fighting a southpaw. We didn't get a spar, no southpaws or anything. So I think that's why that fight ended up like that. And that's why Sean was hitting him a lot in the temple compared to when he snipes people in the chin when they're standing orthodox. But 
but the amount of punches he threw was insane. Yeah, and that's again, we don't really um, when we're training him, we usually train him to set up KOs. Train him, boom, boom, touch this person, touch this person, hit him here, and then we KO, boom. It's not really an output thing like a Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz style where you're constantly just hitting them, just hitting them, hitting them, hitting them. But definitely that fight showed me we got to work on that and be ready for that too. But it's crazy that just like getting so much shit from fucking everyone saying fight someone ranked, fight someone ranked. And now all these ranked guys that are former champions, they see Sean and they're calling him out. It just trips me out seeing Cody no love like in the thick boy thing. You could tell he had a little nervousness to him. He had a little spark. He's like, meet me at 130. And just like, uh, you can tell he kind of doesn't want to fight Sean, but he doesn't also want to be punked out, I feel like. But literally... We just got the game plan to beat Cody. Rob Font just laid it out perfectly to beat Cody. So, for me, I I feel like that would be a good fight to happen next because it's almost Sean right now with the confidence he has and the length he has, and the and then Cody. I think he's lost three out of his last four. He's gonna come in there not as confident, and Sean's long. Sean and no, Sean knows how to fucking use the length. It'd be good getting Cody a little bit emotional too, possibly, but he is a vet. And I think the things we got to be ready for with Cody Nolov is he covers distance really fucking quick. He's got quick, explosive feet forward. So if Sean moves back and pulls out his chin, that's that's what they're hoping he's going to do. So with Cody, we really are going to have to practice moving back really quick, staying out of range, staying off the cage, and then uh, dance around and do the thing. So that's what I feel. But also Frank Edgar. It's like Frankie Edgar is a fucking legend. Went the distance with Benson Henderson twice for the title. Like Frankie's literally a legend. And to fight Frankie, it's like, damn, you knock him out, boom, probably get a title shot after. Uh, you lose to him, which, like, obviously it's fighting. Anything can happen. It's like, well, you lost to Frankie fucking Edgar. Was he calling him out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah, Cody tweeted too. Because he, he kind of said it in that thick boy thing where he's like, there's levels to this kid and he put sugar free and then sugar responded did rob uh teach you that <laughs> oh that was a good one and then he said if you say you're undefeated why don't you rematch the guy that made you get carried on the stretcher again if i go out i go out on my shield i don't have any bitch in my body like you we're not the same you will find out soon so when he says you'll find out soon imagine if he's like let's fight or i don't know yeah well even in the in the schwab the schwab little uh companion they were doing he was like, oh, I'm waiting for that phone to ring. Send me the contract. So he, he was talking a big game. I feel like because he was on that show a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then when he talks to his manager and talks to people that probably care for him, they're like, they, they're probably advise him, say, hey, like this kid's not ranked. And they see that Sean as like, he's a bad fight for you right now. He's super confident right now. And he's super fucking long and lengthy. And you saw Cody had a lot of trouble with Font landing those big shot shots because Font was staying at the end of his punches, fucking jabbing him, staying at a good range. But like I said, still he's a former fucking title or former champion. Is he ranked right now? I think he's number f- seven. Seven. Yes. Yeah, seven. And then Frankie's number five. Oh. Still a former champion, high level, explosive fucking athlete. It'll definitely be a big test, but I feel like he'll take it because he said in that Schwab thing too. He's like. I know I'm after like whatever fights are gonna get me to the title shot, but hey, if if I can get a quick check and he thinks Sean's an easy fight, like might as well get paid. And, yeah, you know he, what I mean. He knows That's he's it. he's yeah. not stupid of enough of a fighter to think Sean's an easy fight. Yeah, none of these motherfuckers are. 
So it's like, I don't know. I fucking hope that happens. Maybe in uh, December. Yeah. December for like the uh, New Year's card. Something like that. That's what that's what I'm going to hope for and push for. But then also it's like, okay, I think Sean's got three fights on this contract. So no matter who he fights, he's getting paid the same amount of money. So it's like, okay, the, would the smart thing be to fight this contract out? Let's find some guys that are tough but not like elite, elite level. Fight this contract out. And then we'll fight the elite, elite level guys when the contract's new. And if you've KO'd a handful more people and you're making a lot more money to fight someone like fucking Frankie Edgar or take it right now. So that's the thing we got to just sit down, talk about, and kind of decide. You know, but it's also like how many more fights does Sean have at 136? Like the weight cut was pretty tough. And fight camps are long and they take a lot out of you. So it's like, do we waste those fight camps to beat up? beat up those kids it's just something we're gonna have to sit down and talk about but other than that everything went good and you gotta fucking enjoy those weekends that everything goes good because just like that everything can go bad and it's all this shit it's like you really gotta know how to enjoy those weekends and enjoy the win but it was pretty fucking sweet pretty fucking sweet seeing all the nelk boys have you ever watched the steve will do it oh yeah uh, i watched a couple and then uh, um I watched like a few of their vlogs. They're pretty like entertaining. Dude, they're, they're fucking crazy, entertaining. Huh? They're fucking crazy. The one with him and Steve-O where they pack that thing with a bunch of shit and then shoot it into Steve-O's face. <laughs> goes into his know. ear canal and then he's got to go to the hospital for it. What? It's crazy with the Steve guy. Like what Was does his money come from, Jay? Doesn't anyone know? It's so weird. Like, Well, he, they were getting a lot of fat views on YouTube, but then I think because of like all the fucked up shit they're doing, YouTube kind of flagged them. Because he posted on his Instagram, like, YouTube will not be, like, they're basically not getting monetized anymore. So they do a lot of, like, merch. Their merch mm -hmm. actually, like, resells. Like, it'll sell out. Mm -hmm. And then people will resell it. So it's, like, in high demand. Oh, that's cool. So and that's the way to do it for I, merch. Yeah, I think he did um, he did a, uh, a deal with Dana or something because he's always promoting Dana's uh, liquor. So I don't know if him and Dana have a partnership, Dana White. And, um... He always does a bunch of giveaways, and I feel with those giveaways, like they're just like tax write-offs. Like he'll always give away mm -hmm. Teslas and a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, it's entertaining as fuck. He's funny as fuck too. Steve will do its page. I'm sure everyone's fucking seen it, but he hit up Sean. Sean called me this morning. He's like, "Dude, you ready to go? You ready to pack your bags?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God." Together? I'm like, "Where?" And then he <laughs> he's like, "I'll read you the message." And he said, "Steve said you want to do some filming and go to Six Nine's house." Oh, that'd be crazy, Sean. And Bahamas on a plane after I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I was wrong. So Cody is number five, and then Frankie's seven. Oh, okay. So Cody's higher ranked. Okay. Everyone's, <laughs> dude. I love it. I love the fucking haters because it's like, okay, fighting someone non-ranked. It's like now if Sean knocks out Cody, it's like dude, he could sit there and fight for the title. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. That's the way the rankings fucking work in the UFC. It's not like. No, number one fights a champion. That's not the case, which is it's pretty sweet. It's pretty fucking sweet, especially for this case where Sean's such a such like a character, you know, and a loud personality. It's pretty good. Yeah, this video that you sent me. Oh yeah, AJ. Uh, um, Aljo. Aljamain. Aljamain Sterling on his page he posted something calling out, and I think it's all good fun with Aljamain. Mm -hmm. I think I think Aljamain is a fan of Sugar. I think all these guys are. But a lot of them are jealous, like Marab and Ricky, Simone, mm -hmm. very fucking tough dudes, and they're jealous. That it, that's what it comes down to. 
And I, with those guys, it's like, okay, yeah, those guys are really good. They're a little higher in the rankings, in the like teens for rankings. And it's like, they just not, to beat Sean, they're going to try to take him down, crawl their head up his chest, cover his hips with their elbows, punch him once, lay on him, punch him once, squeeze him there, squeeze him there. Punch him once, squeeze him, just hold him. Mirab will try to get Sean against the face, lock his hands around uh, Sean's waist, and sit there, kick his calf, kick his calf, maybe take him down. Sean gets back up, kick his calf for 15 minutes. That, that's what their plan is, and that's what they want to do. And no one wants to fucking see that. Probably the UFC higher-ups don't want to see that, and it's like, that's just the way it is. Fucking poor Connor, right? I know, that was so crazy. Poor fucking Connor, dude, breaking his goddamn stick off. Oh, yeah, Rhonda said, I'm amazed that as soon as you hit the ground, you were already promoting the next fight at Notorious. I def definitely wouldn't have that in mind to do that, the, the other fighters. UFC media are lucky to have you. Oh, for sure. For sure. Fucking A's. No matter what, though, like who's not going to watch Connor's next fight? I know. It's not like, oh, we're not going to watch Connor anymore. Everyone's going to watch it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, dude, that's the. I feel like after the, with the video he posted saying, team, we're going to regroup. That's like the champions, champions fucking mindset. I feel like that's when you really see like someone's mindset after shit's not going their way and how, how they react to it. And I hope. With him, it, he fucking comes back. And I feel like he would because he's got that mindset, but he's also got millions and millions of dollars and a lot of comfortability <coughs> to make the decision. I'm going to go back in the fight camp. I'm going to go back to being vulnerable to everyone's criticism, and I'm going to go fight again. So it's like, God, I hope that happens, though. Yeah, I've seen somewhere like that he made 20. I don't know if it's real. You know how they always post like how much people made. Like Supposedly he made 20 million and oh, I bet he Dustin did, dude. made 1 mil. I bet, I bet that Isn't that wild? I bet that's, that's accurate. Insane. <laughs> well, he probably owns part of the UFC. I feel like he I does. I bet just like some equity in the UFC. Well, and his company sponsors him too. Mm. It was funny that Donald Trump was at the fight, huh? He, dude, him, he right? walked like right in front of us. He had a bunch of security. <laughs> um, but I, So I wonder if you're president, you get Secret service. service forever? Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. I think so. If you're president, you get Secret Service forever. Damn, that's Probably. fucking wild. Fucking yeah. wild. When I was watching the the whole UFC 264, I was like, damn, like this is turning like, and like in a good way. Like it reminds me very WWE like, you know, with like the shoe drinking and Sean like just performing the way he did. Yeah. It's just like so much more than like fighting now. It's like uh -huh. performing. I don't know. It's pretty cool though. Yeah, it's crazy that that raises stock a lot. Where did I put it did. It did. Like it raised his stock a bunch just by fucking Who? beating up this kid, Sean. Oh. But uh. But it's weird all the leg breaks there's been lately. Mm. Yeah. It's so nasty. Like when they replayed it in slow motion. Oh my god. God, this is just. It's been so weird all the light leg breaks, and they're gonna keep happening too. Especially aiming a hard kick because those calf kicks, everyone's loving those calf kicks these days. But if you check those calf kick right and someone's really trying to kick your calf, you're going to fuck yourself up. Well, did you see what Jerome posted that that one guy's mom said he like hits the elbow? That's yeah. Elbow. Yeah. And that kind of cracked it. Um, so they do get <coughs> secret service protection and says and their children are entitled to protection until they're 16. Holy shit. That's weird pretty wild that's super wild um a bunch of comments from patreon from from, from the boys 
What made Chris stick the finger at you after the first round? I wasn't even saying anything that bad. I was just saying he's slower. I, I was making sure he heard it too. He's slower than we thought. He's even slower than we fucking thought. And a, even a couple times, like, Chris would get hit, boom, his eyes would go to me, and he'd be, like, <laughs> listening to me. I'd be like, you're not even there, Chris. Where the fuck are you? Just little shit like that to get his focus off the tendencies Sean's doing to get his focus on me and say, fuck this guy. Fuck this motherfucker. Bridger was laughing so hard. He's like, he just flipped him off. <laughs> and, and nothing bad, but it's like, okay. Even the commentator said, he just flipped off Tim Welch. Gave, <laughs> gave him the bird. Oh, God. What, what did it, uh, I didn't watch the last vlog you did. On the weigh-ins, did you tell him anything at the weigh-ins? No. Because I saw you, like, right there. Oh, I said you're not ready. Oh. Um, yeah, the weigh-ins were fucking crazy, dude. They were. Uh, L.O. Puff Daddy, how do you deal with flashbacks to cringy shit you did when you were younger? <laughs> God, some of the cringy shit I did, though, is, like, some of my best, like, stories and the shit I remember most. So it's like, fuck it. If you're not doing cringy shit when you're younger, then... As long as you like, you kind of have no grow stories. Up out of it. Yeah. You're not still doing that when you're 50. Oh, and I'm still doing cringy shit, fucking <laughs> randomly. <laughs> what do you think of Rob Font fight from a stylistic coaching perspective, dude? Rob Font would be the tough motherfucking fight. Long, fast, very slick striker, but Sean's style's similar too, and the pace they'd bring. I don't know if it'd be a five rounder or three rounder. But it would be a similar fight, I think, to Thomas Almeida, except Rob Font's a little quicker and a little better boxer, and he's going to open up a little bit more. But also, when people open up more, they fucking get countered harder, especially with Sean. Like, when you really open up, he's countering a lot of your shots from different angles. So that's why you see, like, even Mutuno, Mutuno, and and Thomas Almeida, they had their hands up. They were stalking him forward, but they weren't throwing that much punches. They were coming forward a lot and getting hit a lot, but they weren't throwing a ton of punches because every time they do, they get cracked. So it'll be a fucking good fight. I think we got good sparring partners here in Phoenix for Rob Font. Um, yeah, I, and I would love to see it. I I truly think, and we have enough good people around us to think too, that he's ready to fight a top guy. So why not? Um, when Sugar's done fighting, will you still coach MMA? Yeah, definitely. I'll always be involved with the sport. That's why I'm like so thankful that I'm not fighting right now, and I'm making a living through martial arts and teaching my jujitsu and and I don't really want to be a head coach because I've been around a lot of head coaches in previous years, and I'm like I just don't really want to live that life to where every single week I got to leave for a fucking full week and stay in a shit motel for a fight that's five days away or traveling just every week. Cause eventually I want to have kids like three, four years, have kids, hang out with the kids and kind of do things I want to do compared to having to travel each weekend. But yeah, I'll always be in the sport. Definitely keep helping fighters, um, teaching the jiu-jitsu program. And that, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky because martial arts I'm super fucking passionate about and I've got to make it my whole life. And now it's my considered work and I don't feel like it's work because I would do this anyway even if I wasn't getting paid for it, but now I get, get paid for it, which is nice. So I'm super fucking lucky. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely keep, keep coaching MMA and stay in it. 
how do you think that main event was going? Do you think Connor still had a shot? Do you think he will return? It sucks with that with that guillotine Connor had. He had a good bite on that high elbow. And he started, anyone knows if you guillotine someone, you got to jump your body on the opposite side of your head. And Connor had a high elbow and he thought about doing it. You saw he thought about doing it. He, and then he's like, no. And then he went back to it. And as soon as he went back to it, Dustin had the right reaction to jump to the other side. And he started jumping the other side. I think Dustin's a black belt in jujitsu. Fuck, if Connor would have just committed the first time I had the high elbow, I committed, locked up his full guard, and he's got the high elbow, who knows, maybe Dustin would have got out, but it would have been a lot tighter. And if, if Dustin did get out, it would have been happened for him to go on his back. And who knows how much the fight would change from that. Like, the fight versus Eddie and Dustin, Eddie Alvarez and Dustin. Eddie had, he was on top of him, punching Dustin, looked at his corner, his corner said, elbow. And the corner showed him a 12 to 6 elbow. So Eddie, 12 to 6 elbowed Connor, right? Or I mean, Dustin, right in the collarbone. And the ref's like, no, 12 to 6 elbows. Stood him up. After he stood him up, Dustin finished Eddie. It was like, fuck. So just little fucking things can change the fight. Do I think Connor had a chance in that fight? Fuck yeah, I did. I think he was ready to fucking die. And that had to happen. That was fucking insane. Khabib Nurmagomedov declined the recent offer. To fight George St. Pierre. Let this guy be a legend. God, that sucks. That sucks, but Khabib's like. I mean, Bridger, bet I said that Khabib's not going to come back, and he thinks he is. <laughs> I don't think he will. I don't either, because his mom doesn't want him to. He looks fucking huge. I know. He's big now. He's chilling. Yeah, no, I think he's chilling. He's not cutting weight ever again. I, I wonder if uh, Connor would have won in like, all these fights, like back to back, and he's like, Khabib, where you're at? And then he would have been like, okay. <sighs> Like if uh, he hates Connor so much. You know? yeah, yeah, he would have finished Dustin, finished Charles, maybe finished one more, and then all oh, that have been so sweet. I don't sweet. think Khabib would have done it though. Yeah, no, he's too like he I doesn't just... care about the money or the fame and shit like that. Damn. Um, thoughts on what Connor said in the post-fight interview? Kind of already talked about on the the Timbo Sugar Show, the podcast. Is it better to run sprints or miles when it comes to fight training? Justin Lathy. Um, like Brandon has me running 45, 50 minutes a week with my heart rate in 130 range, 130 to 150, but just nasal breathing, just breathing out of your nose, doing that cardio and just really getting my heart, heart in shape with nasal breathing. That's what he's been using. And that's what he says. He's like, this is what gets you in good fucking shape. Yeah. They announced Jake Paul versus Tyrone in Cleveland. That's going to be sweet. That's going to be fucking sweet. Watching Tyrone's vlogs. It looks like he's taking it serious, like pretty serious. Training for real. Just boxing. Just boxing. I think Floyd was training him a little bit too. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. That's going to be crazy. What's the temperature of the water when you and Shane are the cutting the weight? Uh, I just woke up this last. The weigh-ins were at 9. So we got to get on the scale at nine. We got to go to the arena at eight thirty. Apex to weigh in at eight thirty. So I woke up at six, so I didn't have to rush. Went into the extra room, turned on the hot tub as hot as it could go. Didn't make it scorching. Turned it down from a little bit scorching. Filled it up as deep as I could. We put some sweet sweat on Sean. Put him in there for ten minutes, and the extra the extra um, sweet we had to work out in put it at 90 degrees so it's already fucking hot in there so he gets in the tub for 10 minutes with the sweet sweat which makes you sweat a ton 
got out of there pretty soaked, put on, um, put on some rubbers, laid him down, let him, his brain stem kind of cool down for five minutes, put him back in the sauna with those rubbers, laid him down, covered him with this, like this aluminum foil. So it lets no air out. And he just sweated his ass off and lost his, lost the weight in the morning. For how long was he wrapped up? He was wrapped up for probably 10 minutes. So probably total of like 35 minutes, but he was wrapped. He was in sweet sweat and wrapped up the whole time. So probably almost like, yeah, 45 minutes, but 2.8 pounds came off in the morning and it wasn't bad. At the end of round two, when it was clear that Chris wasn't human and wasn't going away, what did you tell Sean between rounds? I said, just keep going to his body. Keep going to his body and just subtly faint. Because he's so like quick and jittery, Sean is. Sometimes he faints and he faints too hard. It takes a lot of energy. So I wanted to get him to subtly faint a little bit more and then just keep going to Chris's body. But the motherfucker wasn't even reacting to those body shots. Sean was hitting him with good teeps, good twos to the body. And he just kept trouncing forward. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, they didn't really show you guys your guys' corner. They just kept showing Chris's. Oh, that's good. What do you think is best to do when you feel stuck in life? For example, I work a shitty warehouse job and go to school and hate both of them equally. And it feels like every day is the same shit. Do I just keep grinding or quit and pursue things I want to do with the money I staved? What do you think, Jay? I think just just do what you want to do. I mean, I feel like that's where my life changed, honestly, because I was in the same kind of um, uh, boat. Yeah, the same boat. I was, like, working at a call center. I was, like, super depressed, unhealthy. And then I always wanted to do jujitsu. I was always just kind of, like, nervous to sign up. And then I had, like, 401K at my job. So I was like, man, I had a couple grand in there. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to cash out. And that's, like, the number one thing you're not supposed to Mm -hmm. do, you know? And I was like, I don't give a fuck. So I just, like, cashed out. And then I was living with a roommate at a time. I moved out, moved back in with my mom. And then, um, like, crazy, I was just, like, driving back from, like, a grocery store around my mom's, and I seen, like, the jiu-jitsu, like, before I joined you guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is meant to be, and I just, like, signed up, and I just trained jiu-jitsu for, like, a year straight. Like, that's all I did. I didn't really go out. I just went to go train two, three days, and then come back home and just eat, relax, maybe sometimes go out, like, on the weekends. And if I did, it, I don't drink or anything, so, you know, just go watch a movie or something. But I was just training nonstop, hard, hard, hard. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, everything just changed as soon as I made that decision. Because from that, you know, Dracar hit me up. Then I met you guys. And now I'm here just from, like, being, like, in it. making that choice of, like, I want to better myself. I'll worry about the money later on. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, like, stressing too Yeah, bad. you've always been good at living, like, minimally mm-hmm. on not a lot of money, which is nice. Which, God, it's just, like, reading that flow book I'm reading this morning, it just talks about, like, how to be happy and their definition of success. And he talks about just finding flow in your work and finding like flow in your relationships. And flow just means being in the present, not like, God, I fucking hate this, or thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. Like just being in the moment, but being able to do that with your work and with your relationships, with with, with your partner and with your friends and with those people, he's like, that's gonna be your, your closest thing. And like I said, it's hard, it's hard for me to like give advice to people because I don't know what your passion is. I'm lucky enough. And even you, you too, Mariah, you're super passionate about your horses and building that and doing that. And I think it's a big reason why we get along so well too, because I have my things I love. You have your things you love and we don't rely on each other to make each other happy. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like this book, it's not like the power now, like the the kind of dense version almost. This is more like it just highlights it, and it's pretty. E- it's a, I feel like it's way easier to read than the actual power now, um, and it just kind of highlights like. I just remember, like, think of, like, this moment literally right now. What's wrong? Nothing. So, like, just kind of always, I kind of always tell myself that. Like, if yeah. I get in, like, a weird, like, oh, stress and just, like, what's wrong? Like, literally right now, nothing. Fuck yeah. I think yeah. this book is really good. Fuck yeah. Really good. And, guys, yeah, reading those books at the right times in your mm-hmm. life can really, like, help a lot. And being and, and just being king of perspective, having a good perspective. Be like, fuck, shit could be worse. Shit could be fucking worse and always comparing that. I don't know where I got that from, but I, I think a lot of that kind of being a king of perspective, not king of perspective, but like being putting things in perspective pretty well. And I think it came from just all my fucking injuries and surgeries sitting at home by myself and just being like having that pain and just sitting there and be like, damn, no, shit could be way worse. Well, a I'm lot chilling. of people when they get injured too, they either like get depressed and start drinking or don't get off the prescription pills and you never did that you, every time you got hurt you were trying to like do something else to better your life because you couldn't train yeah and who knows where that fucking came from you know i guess it's just maybe in you because right. i think, yeah, I I think it's good like well how we have like jujitsu and stuff like that but then i also think it's bad when people like when i hear like you know even like uh those daisy fresh guys oh i don't know what i would do without jujitsu it's like dude like you gotta have yeah your body you know obviously you could do it till you're old but the way they're training they're training like hard as fuck every day mm-hmm. but i feel like you have to have a balance of like dude like your outside um yeah. hobbies and stuff whether that's i don't know like well i think you have to remember like it's what you do it's not who you are yeah exactly you know like when i hear like oh i don't i'll be dead without jujitsu or i'm like like the obsession is good up to a certain point at least i feel that you know what i mean because it's like yeah even how they say how fighters like when they're done fighting, they like don't know what to do with their life, and I feel like that's why they, the older guys are still taking fights, whether it's for money or they literally don't their have any ego, skills yeah. outside of fighting. Because yeah. that's what they've done their entire life. Yeah. They don't know yeah. what else to do. Yeah, that's how they define themselves. I think I think I learned from like Robert Fallis too. He's like, there's just you can literally train your mind, like you can train all your muscles, like your legs and your body and your jujitsu, and your you can train your mind to have good, healthy thoughts through reading books. There's like experts, fucking expert psychologists, mind mechanics that can teach you, but you just got to be willing to learn it, I guess. I mm-hmm. think Robert like really changed your perspective of things and like just learning and stuff. Because before yeah. that you didn't have, like you had your back injury and during that time you weren't trying to improve yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. But after you met Robert, that's when a lot of things changed. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. He just, Robert Falls, coach, Team Quest, he was a coach of like Randy Couture when he won the title, coach of Chael Sonnen, coach of Chris Lieben. And I, I lived with him and he was kind of like mentoring me for a while. And he uh, he was raised a Jehovah's Witness too, just like I was. And like you really get fucking brainwashed Is as a Jehovah's Witness. Fall? Fallis, F-O-L-L-I-S. Um, you really get brainwashed as Jehovah's Witness. Okay. And he was raised one through high school. Um, And he... Yeah, he was the coach of Misha Tate when she won the championship against, I think it was Holly. But a super fucking intel- intelligent dude. One of the most smartest people I've been around when it came to MMA and jiu-jitsu and just being a coach and a badass. But he just really was like, dude, you got to do research for yourself. You can't just listen to people 
and, that and take it in. Hard. Like research it. Look on the internet. Look at different articles comparing things and really research it and make the decision for yourself. And that was a huge part. Well, and it's hard. It was hard for you to almost like respect certain coaches. And he was a coach that you did really respect. Yeah. And how he was also raised Jehovah's Witness. It was the first time you've been around someone who was raised like that, who wasn't mm -hmm. a part of it anymore. So that helped you a lot, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, do I just keep grinding or quit and pursue the things I want to do it? If you find something you want, you can't just quit and be like, oh, I'm going to sit here and watch YouTube and you, you got to kind of have a plan, I think. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. it's um, like Paul Check was saying, like, like that prostitute theory or whatever, like you're working this job that you hate, but on your spare time, you're working on what you actually want to be doing. So when the time comes, you can make that transition. That's and you're good. not like just being a prostitute your whole life, you know, mm -hmm. working this time that you hate. Yeah. But your work at your spare time, figure out what you want to do and work towards that. Yeah. And Paul Check, we're lucky enough too. He gave us the HLC one course. I, I don't know how much it is. I think it's like three hundred and eighty dollars to do his holistic lifestyle coaching course. And he gave Sugar and I one a course each. And Mariah and I did that together. And I think that helped improve our our relationship and everything everything that I was just doing day to day. It helped me improve it by doing his courses. He's got a ton of good courses. He's got a course on weed and the benefits of, of weed. He's just a very smart person. And us doing that together. Mm -hmm. well, it was fun to like learn together and apply it. Yeah, I think that that was really good. And we good still use the things that we've learned. This is kind of like... I think this is where I got from from Paul Check. Like Thrive as an athlete, I watch his video. He kind of breaks down like basically having a balance in life, not overdoing it in your training, finding that quality time with whether it's your girlfriend or your family or hobbies outside of that. Like you don't have to just only have that. Yeah, because he was saying like some people get overcommitted into their athlete like profession or whatever that their other parts of life start to fall off. Like they don't have a healthy relationship with their girlfriend or with themselves even you know not letting their body rest or you know what i mean their mind gets all Hell train, yeah. train 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 you know like you have to balance it out he talked about and that. then there comes a time where then you get like injured like your body's gonna force you to rest mm -hmm. yeah exactly fucking good teacher dude paul tech's a good teacher some of the stuff you'll be like ah i don't know but if you just li listen to a lot of the lessons he teaches and stuff he's very fucking deep smart dude for sure um, why Atlanticer? Did you smash some biscuits Saturday night? I did. I did. It was good. You did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like seeing your best friend realize his dreams and being on a huge part of the journey? You guys are incredible and living the dream. Let's keep grinding, Jovens. Much love. Love. Yeah. What's it like seeing? It's sweet. It's sweet, especially coming up. We. We've been hanging out with Sean. Sean's just a little fucking punk kid. And just like going through all the things we've went through together, it's fucking sweet. Like, we're both li living our dream and, like, super fucking lucky how things have played out. But just constant fucking healthy habits and trying to improve ourselves, trying to improve our minds and trying to improve our bodies and a lot of that. And trying to improve the people around you. Trying to help, like, JX get better. Trying to help R get better. Trying to help all my little group rise up and keep getting better it's fucking made things really fucking sweet and it, and it feels good just want to keep it going 
pick one stream with a pro gamer or if you're choosing or smash your favorite porn star <laughs> favorite porn star what the fuck Lana Rhodes or what? I don't Mike know. <laughs> That's his favorite. That's not my favorite. There's too many to be a favorite. I'd have to do <laughs> some searching before I pick a favorite. But she's a little. <laughs> you look at Lana and you see how she acts. She's made for sex. It I looks. Know. It seems like, huh? Sex robot. Jesus Christ. Who's crazy? She said she just always wanted to be a porn star in that interview, huh? With I, the I impulsive. Didn't, I didn't did see it. To it? She's mm -hmm. like, so she wanted, always did. She always wanted, like, since she was like in middle school or something like she knew she wanted to be a porn star that's crazy i know Damn. now she's all pregnant and about to get married or something she's crazy pregnant yeah i always want to be a porn some, star huh i don't know who the guy is but it's funny how like because you know how she was dating that mike dude from mm. impulsive he had like a recent vlog with her and they're just hanging out they're exes but i don't know what the fuck well i told doing. him because uh i think he has more views when she's <laughs> oh yeah well all his vlogs get like at least a milli each. He's got a lot of hot Before chicks on him. And he's good at vlogging, I think. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. he's good at entertaining and, and and there's a lot of hot girls in it. Yeah. And they have a good editor too, because his editor has a, his own separate page and he breaks down how oh, he really? edits vlogs. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Some tips from there. Dude, that's fucking badass. We were talking about it a little earlier about how everyone's starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. So many people getting their stuff and which is sweet. It's sweet, but then I think a lot of people don't realize like I, are you doing the podcast for the right reasons? I made sure when Sean and I said, we're going to do this podcast, we committed. Be like Every week we're going to do this podcast because it's going to hold us accountable to keep learning and keep improving and, and keep talking about it, you know. And we don't mind being funny back and forth. So we're going to do this regardless of the views, not even going to look at the views. And we've just kind of stuck with it. And now it's turning into almost like a – you guys didn't start it to be like, we want to make a podcast and be like Joe Rogan or make money. Mm -hmm. That's not why you yeah. started it. Yeah, exactly. And now it's turned into something where we're probably going to be able to make a living from, which is pretty fucking sweet. It's pretty fucking sweet. But it's hard to start a podcast, especially when you rely on another guest. I think even harder if you're going to do a solo podcast. But when you're relying on another guest, it's like, well, fuck. Every single week you got to meet up at that time. Like but well, you kind of treat it like it's your job mm -hmm. yeah not just like oh well we'll do it a different day or yeah it's too easy to almost want to skip huh jay yeah, like when yeah. you wake up one day you're not feeling like yeah. it but you're like let's, let's go yeah yeah it's even helped me too like just getting better at editing and just even learning all the little youtube shit you know even when you send me shit i'm like oh i didn't even know that like fuck yeah try to apply it fuck yeah that's badass did you turn up as much as sugar at the after party not as much <laughs> not no, nah, I saw that video gone. where he's like, "Should I go jump in that pool?" That was <laughs> I bad. I didn't even. He came back. His head was like bleeding. Really? We were like oh wiping his head off. Me and Danny. <laughs> he was gone though, dude. Because yeah. every table we'd go to, they'd be like, "Take a shot," and he'd just like guzzle it. Like he'd be looking <laughs> at my eyes, and he'd be like, "Tim," he's just not even there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and his manager doing? was like, "We got to get him out of here." I'm like, "All right, get him out of here." Then it was nice having his managers. Thank God, they literally just <laughs> followed him around everywhere. But after he jumped in the pool, like, because. That was the last straw. Yeah. And he was just sitting at the thing, just sitting what? there. Sitting there, sitting there. Uh, love y'all, Jovens. Question. T Tim, do you ever try to talk to Sean out of showboating during the fight? I know he did it against Chris because there was no chance of danger. But would you try to advise him against that stuff, against competition like Rob, Dom, something like Cody? Yeah, not fucking stupid. Not stupid. We've been doing this for a while. A while. Like, 
plenty of fucking years. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Just tune in, baby. For, uh, Ryan Hall just said he broke his hand on the first uh, punch or <sighs> broke his hand. Yeah. And that's why he was being like kind of just rolling with it. Almost very Tony it, Ferguson. Yeah. Fuck. That's just so. Because his other fights, he doesn't just like. I mean, he'll like Eminari roll, but I, don't, I feel like he'll stand and try to keep yeah. you, you know? But yeah. And he, yeah. And he, he works with Tom Lee too. And his striking's not bad. It's so weird. That's the things in the fights that are the. You go through the most perfect training camp, but you don't know what's going to. You don't know yeah. what bones are going to break in the first minute. And then you don't have that bone to use anymore. And you got to work around it. I just always remember when you tell me that he's like. I remember. I forget. I brought it up before where. I think it was when we were eating uh, at that one place in Vegas. You're just like, dude, everything's good, but uh, you never know what could happen in a fight. And I think like two fights after that, that's when that should happen with Sean and mm-hmm. this whole Connor thing. And then this. It's like, fucked. Like, you don't know. I know. That's what's wild. It's fucked. It's fucked up. Um, should I care about where I'm at in terms of a belt or just continue to show up and learn? You can't care about your belts, dude. The belt should be the last thing on your mind. It's a good, like, long-term goal to be a purple belt or a brown belt or a blue belt. Like, it's a good long-term goal. But if you're sitting there thinking about that belt, it don't matter. you got to sit there and think about jujitsu and learn about jujitsu. And don't worry about the belts. The belts will come in time. Yeah, you just can't think about a belt. So that's how you're going to get the belt is by improving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, showing up and just wanting to improve your fucking jujitsu. Not be cool because you're like, damn, I can post on a purple belt now. It's like, yeah, with a purple, come with, with a purple belt, you have a lot of, got to back it up. I guess pressure on your shoulders. Yeah, you got to back it up. Every purple belt I go with, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking try to smash you because you're you're a purple belt. You should be good enough. Mm-hmm. And every blue belt's gonna be going after the purple belts even harder. So, what about you, Jay? You've been good at just stick into the process and just yeah yeah i'm not trusting i've had my, my moments though and like well, fuck i'm like i've had my kind of plateaus where i feel like i'm not improving almost mm-hmm. but then i just like i just tell myself i was like i just got to keep showing up even if i do have off days you know where the other like blue belts will like pass my guard or sometimes even catch me and i'm like mm-hmm. Wait. and i just remember you tell me too he's like fuck it like we're in training like dust it off and i just think like okay well when I'm in that position, let me not get lazy. I, I become even more aware of like more positions, you know, it's like the yeah. more you roll, it's like, okay, okay, boom, boom, boom. But yeah, yeah, I just, like how you said, I just keep showing up. Like, fuck it. Even if I'm plateauing, like, let me just keep Dude. showing up. And then I have those moments where I'm like, damn, I feel fucking sharp yeah. right now. You know, the, it's crazy in jujitsu. The plateaus are a lot. They happen a fucking lot. It's not like, Oh, I'm always feel like I'm proving. Sometimes you're just like, you have those, the growth in jujitsu is so fucking small so fucking small and then like getting caught and getting submitted you can bitch and be like ah, why did i why did i get tapped out god mm-hmm. i'm just not tough i'm it's like no okay i made a tactical error somewhere i need to learn to shut down that submission well before it's even put on Let, let's start thinking about that you know um but it's such a good thing for your mind mm-hmm. to be able to shut everything off and just think about think about your jujitsu and how to improve it i feel like it's yeah. So fucking nice. I'm trying dude. to get to that point where it's like I'm comfortable, like, like being going forward, and like even if I get in a bad position, like front headlock, or even if I get my guard pass, like, fuck it, like I know how to get out of here. Like it's not like I don't know how to get out, you know. So even yeah. if I get my back taken, staying calm and just like doing like the right techniques and how to get out of it, like 
I don't know. Just not like, oh man, I got my back taken and I get choked. Yeah, you know, it's like I got my back taken. I know how to get out. Cool, you got me now. Let's keep going. Keep Dude, going. it's so, so I fucking love it more than anything. Seeing our little group just get better at jujitsu mm-hmm. and watching everyone from the outside. I'm like, and thinking where everyone was at a year ago. I'm like. Jesus, dude. It motivates me to want to just keep improving and keep studying and keep improving my jiu-jitsu just to see how good I can make you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, see how good you guys train it under me, how good I can make you, how good of a black belt I can make you one day. It's fucking fun. I really, really enjoy it. Ward Burns. Any chance Kyler could be next if Cody Garbrandt drops to 125? Ward, probably 0% chance Kyler and Sugar will fight. He's one of our really good friends. He's one of our teammates. We train with him twice a week. He's the last one on the division that we'd probably want to fight is Kyler. So, no. Um, oops. Are you going to start duplicating what Chris did? Walking forward. Apply, opponents are going to start walking forward, applying pressure. Sugar needs to watch how masterfully John Jones uses his knee more successfully. Elbows, spinning back elbows. To put a guy like Chris's lights out. Ward, you got to send me who you train, bro. I need a private from you. <laughs> or send me your record because it sounds really, really smart. We want to learn from you, Ward. Thank I you know, for it's that. It's funny when people comment stuff like that, huh? Like they're like just pro analysts or supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all had the new Zevia flavor creamy root beer. Have you had that? No, I've seen it though. I I've seen it, it too. It I'm looks good. Too, I always just grab my cream. I'm faithful to I that. I don't one. like the cream so soda. That one's one. too it's sweet. Too well, sweet. I like it too though. I like it. I bought a six pack of cream soda this week, and it's just nice to slurp on after dinner. Give the you that little sweet tooth. The kids ones are good too though. I like how they have I like different the kids flavors. One. I like those too. They're more fruity and they're small. Mm. I like the apple. Yeah, the apple kids, the strawberry lemonade. Just Zevias in general are just good. I know. You guys are the ones that showed them. I'm like, damn, this is good as fuck. And I just got hooked on them. <laughs> I'd rather drink the sparkling water. I don't really like the Zevia that yeah, much. Yeah, the sparkling water, you really like it. Fuck yeah. Um, Is getting knocked out at least partially a choice? Like with Tony Ferguson against Gaethje, Chris seemed like he just refused to go to sleep. What's your thoughts? Tyler, like I said, I think it was a southpaw orthodox thing. Orthodox, Sean was missing his targets a little bit. He was missing the chin, and usually he's really accurate from the chin. But I think it was a stance change. Last second fucking stance change. Not sparring any southpaws at all. Literally the week of the fight, I started standing southpaw with mitts, trying to find his setups for those. But you really start finding your range against a southpaw and what's really working against a southpaw when you're sparring them. Especially the fancy finishing KO Sugar has. That's why, southpaw. But uh, that was good. Good episode. 47. Yeah. 47 minutes? Mm-hmm. Fucking A's. I feel like we just keep chatting. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, guys. See you next week. Timbo merch or anything? Oh, yeah. The Timbo merch. These, these, There's a few of these shirts left, and the new merch is coming out in two weeks. The new headbands. Um. Yeah, that's it. Peace out, guys.